Welcome to Founder on Founder podcast, powered by Phoebe Venture, Phoebe being the acronym of uh, for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs, a venture capital firm in Vietnam and Southeast Asia. I'm honored to welcome today Thomas, the founder of POC POC, a SaaS business for the pharmaceutical industry based in uh, Hong Kong and in Vietnam. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you very much, Olivier. My pleasure. So, Thomas, would you please share with the audience today, mainly composed of uh, young entrepreneurs here in Southeast Asia, share about you, your academic and business background? Sure. So I am Thomas. I am a French entrepreneur. I have been in, in Asia for eight years now, developing businesses here, mostly in Hong Kong and Vietnam, uh, as you mentioned. In terms of academic background, I did my undergrad in France in a school called Essex. That's a business school. A few years later, I earned an MBA from a Harvard business school. I spent a few years at McKinsey as a consultant in strategy, but uh, most of my career was as a serial entrepreneur in emerging markets in the pharmacy space. Great. Uh, yeah. So as a serial entrepreneur, how different were your, your past venture and especially Sanister versus the POC today? So basically, all of them are in the same space, healthcare in emerging markets. However, they are extremely different one from another. Basically, I started initially an NGO just after I did my undergrad. Here, it was very much cost-driven. I was working on HIV AIDS, mostly in Africa, supporting companies to build plans to prevent and provide care and treatment for HIV patients. It was a great experience and I thought it would be a first step before I joined the traditional corporate life. And actually, it led me somewhere I absolutely did not expect. From this project, I had the opportunity to have a bit of exposure, to talk in big conferences like the World Economic Forum or this type of uh, tribune. And very naturally, I, I founded my first for-profit venture, which was a boutique company providing some consulting in public health still in Africa. Um, so here, basically, there was, a, I don't know if I should call it a venture because I didn't have really plans. I was just doing ad hoc projects, doing things I love. Quite rapidly, actually, it grew. Uh, I had uh, five, six, seven people in the team. And it was really great years, but no business plan, basically. And at some point, I, I wanted to step back. So I went to Harvard to think about uh, what I want to, to do next. And here I came with a plan to build a more scalable and sustainable venture, which is Sanisphere. And my criteria were uh, very simple. I wanted to build something that I can replicate from one country to another, that I can make very standard to sell the same service from one client to another, and some things that I can renew every year based on the same platform. So I built Sanisphere, which is a data company providing some market information on sales trends, on behaviors in pharmacies uh, for the big pharma. I started in Africa and then I developed it in Asia. I came to, to Vietnam first and then expanded to, to other countries in the region, in the Southeast Asia. After that, I created Spock Pharma, which is actually very much building on what I've learned at uh, Sanisphere and uh, trying to provide a solution for all the, the issues my clients at Sanisphere were facing. And so, so that's a good transition to, to Pork Pharma. What, what's your vision for Pork and what, what the problems you, you're currently solving? With uh, so basically, the problems are very straightforward and very common to many other industries. It's all about how you can help the stakeholders in the pharmacy space to go digital or to go digital, mixing some uh, physical and digital interactions. So the problem to be solved is very common huh, to, to many industries. Uh, what we are well, what we are putting on the table is a solution that enables 
the stakeholders to do that transition. And we are very much trying to help the different stakeholders, so the drug manufacturers, the distributors, the small wholesalers and the pharmacies, to get access to solutions to do this digital transformation, as opposed to trying to disrupt them. Great. And uh, yeah, would you please share a few words about how the life of uh, early stage and slash bootstrap entrepreneur look like between uh, between Hong Kong and, and Vietnam after the, the NGO, first successful company, now a second? My new venture is VC-backed and uh, I'm very glad to have Phoebe uh, among our investors. My previous ventures uh, were indeed bootstrapped and it's a completely different life. As a bootstrap entrepreneur, if I have one word I can share, it's uh, stressful, very, very stressful. Basically, uh, I launched Sanisphere only with loans. So I went to the bank, I asked for a, a student loans after my MBA. I invented, uh, I invented some story to, to, to explain that I needed to pay back my MBA and they gave me a bit of money that I fully invested in Sanisphere. I also had uh, support from McKinsey. They were very kind to, to give me a, a signing bonus, even if I was not joining McKinsey yet. And I put all that money into Sanisphere. So nothing on my bank account, only, only debt. Uh, and my only asset was data in a database uh, that I was trying to commercialize to Big Pharma. And I can tell you that life as an entrepreneur at this stage is super, super stressful. And it lasts until you break even. Uh, and even after you break even, it's still a lot of stress to manage your working capital. When you are an entrepreneur with some support from VCs, you are given the, the great opportunity to, to invest in your product much more than I did as a bootstrap entrepreneur. And that makes a big difference. You can think about your product before you think about making your first dollar of revenues. And that's a huge luxury. And uh, without entering too much into detail of the, the round that you recently closed, but could you share with the, the, the younger entrepreneurs who are listening to us today about some tips and tricks and advice about, uh, about fundraising? The, the first thing I would say for when you think about your fundraising is be clear about what you want, uh, what you need. Uh, don't go straight into the, the thinking, which is currently the norm, which is I launch a company, so I need to, to raise money. Uh, so first, have a very clear vision about how you define success. What do you want to do when you're launching this venture? Uh, maybe for some of you, your objective could be to, to, to have an IPO in seven years. Uh, for some others, maybe all you want to do is to have a lifestyle business. Um, so I would really recommend to think twice about your, your aspiration and your ambition uh, to define what you really need. And maybe you will consider bootstrapping. Maybe you will consider small funding and maybe you will consider very big funding. So you, after like, uh, I mean, operating your you third uh, company would be great. Again, if you can share a few tips about yeah, how do you manage your time uh, when you feel like uh, underwater, overwhelmed, uh, Uh, with so many projects and responsibility, uh, how do you do, how do you react to that uh, would be, I believe, really, really insightful for the audience. That's an interesting question because on one side, as an entrepreneur, you're dreaming big. Uh, that's, uh, I would say, the essence of an entrepreneur. Um, and on the other side, you have to deal with very, very concrete things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and um, when 
when I feel overwhelmed, what I like to do is to do that swing from dreaming big to doing very small, very concrete tasks and uh, being focused on execution, uh, being very hands-on. Um, I think that's a, a very good way to, to go back to the basics and gain more focus. So I, I would re really recommend to try to have this agility uh, in the mindset to move from dreaming big to doing small. Get it. And, uh, and any particular tools or, or mental exercise are you leveraging to really define those, those priority more, more I mean, tactical ones, but which can have a huge, huge impact to really, uh, yeah, focus your energy on the, on the game changer in a way? I would say uh, it's a it's a technique I, I learned very much. I was looking lucky to learn at uh, McKinsey, where you have to deal with very complex problems. It's a zoom in, zoom out. So trying regularly to find some topics where you want to zoom in and go very deep, going really very very deep in the topic, probably too deep, but from time to time, this will give the confidence going deep into into a topic. Uh, that things are under control and um, zooming out. So after you have done that, really stepping back and say, okay, how does it fit into the bigger picture? And uh, what is the purpose I am trying to serve here? So if you're only zoom out, you, 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 you have a big risk of uh, getting disconnected. If you're too much zoom in, you, you don't know basically what is the direction you're taking. You don't even know what uh, the daily task you're executing uh, or what the purpose it is serving. So zoom in, zoom out would be probably uh, the method, uh, the, the mindset I would recommend for entrepreneurs. Get it. And um, I mean, changing topics, you're working with, uh, I would say, large uh, institution and uh, in a highly... I would say regulated sectors. Um, how, how do you define the, the for a startup? How do you define the boundaries when you feel there is a, a red line you should not uh, cross? Uh, the, the, the red line. Uh, first of all, the red line. You, you have two things. Let's say one. Indeed, we are working in an industry that is very regulated. So here, there is no question. You, you need to be very aware of the the, the framework you are operating in and adapt your product to that framework. And that is what is making also pharma so special. Uh, that's why uh, pharma is uh, in an industry where only pure players can win uh, because you have a, a context which is so particular. Uh, there is another aspect which is very personal. So when you're talking about uh, the red lines you should not cross, I would say that an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're working very hard. And... It's important to know what are the boundaries you don't want to cross between your, your personal life and your heavy commitment as an entrepreneur. And if I want to share an anecdote, I remember at some point being faced with a client. I was in Kenya at the time. I was about to leave Kenya to go back to France. And basically a client I was trying to chase for weeks and weeks and weeks suddenly replies to me and is proposing me a, a meeting the day after. And uh, that, that had a lot of implications. I had to reschedule everything and so on. And yeah, I was really hesitating. What should I do? Do, do I reschedule everything? I did not. And uh, in the end, I landed in Paris. And the very night, uh, I met my wife, whom I would never have met uh, if I had accepted that meeting. 
So basically, my takeaway here is um, sometimes follow your intuition, sometimes maybe uh, do not accept a number of things and leave a bit of room for your personal life. Otherwise, it may become very complicated and probably too much manage on the long run. Yeah, definitely important to keep the to keep the balance, uh, including your family, sports, and and well being in general, to perform in the in the business environment. Absolutely. And talking, I mean, mixing some uh, personal and professional uh, stuff. Do you have any like uh, failure that that you like to to, to share and the, the learnings and what what did you learn from from that? Failures. Um... Basically, we, we, um, what you read uh, in the media is always about the big successes and the big failures. Uh, and maybe what I would like to share is something very much in between, so, something in that gray zone. Uh, that is not the type of stories that uh, you, you would see in the, in the media or from entrepreneurs sharing their experience. And I would like to share how, for instance, across my career, a number of things that at some point may have been, which I may have been considered as successes, became progressively failures. Because at some point you may have some aspiration and you build something that is meeting this aspiration. But then what at this stage of life you're, you're expecting could be different. And uh, so I think it's very important to think about how you're evolving, how your aspirations are evolving and trying to make your venture evolve uh, along that line. Typically, my previous venture, Sanisphere, by a number of criteria, it's clearly a success. It fully met my, uh, my aspiration when I created that company. Um, now this company is serving 60, uh, 60 pharma companies across uh, Africa and Asia. We have 150, 200 people in the team and uh, all this with no funding. So definitely it is a success, but at some point I felt I needed something new and I was looking for a new challenge uh, and that brought me to, to Pop Pharma. Great. And any final words that you would like to share with a young entrepreneur? Anything that you would love to know uh, 10, 15 years ago when you started your, your entrepreneurial journey can be helpful for the young entrepreneurs nowadays? I would say something very simple. Be proud of what you do. Be proud of who you are and how you behave. Basically, that's what's left when things are over. Great, yeah. The, the notion of passion and uh, what we call sometimes uh, not the product market fit, but the founder market fit uh, is definitely something important. We all know that and both know that uh, there is a lot of up and down in the, in, the, in the business journey, in the startup journey. But uh, I believe that uh, if founders are highly committed to the category they're doing, to the problem they're solving, they can handle those up and downs uh, better and be very resilient and put all the passion, all the love in the, in the, in the product and, uh, and have definitely better chance to success. Thank you so much, Thomas, for, for taking the time today to share with your, your amazing experience in, in Asia, in Africa, and in the NGO and pharma industry. Uh, and all the best for Pop Pharma uh, here in Vietnam and sooner in, in other countries. Thank you, Thomas, for taking the time. Thank you, Olivier. My pleasure.